What's going on, everyone? It's the first episode of The Social Sentience. My name is Carter Gusway. And I'm Jake Tesorowski. And combined, we create the best podcast <laughs> two 18-year-olds could create. Ever. In the history of podcasts. That's right. So you might be sitting so you might be thinking, what does sentience mean? Well, let me tell you what sentience means. It's able to perceive or feel things like an experience. So basically, this is a social experience, if you will. All we have, we have awesome guests that come on. Uh, everyone has a story. They spread their story. Lots of travel stories. Lots of really cool people. And we're just going to sit down for an hour, hour and a half, however long it takes. No no predetermined time and just have a good time talk some shit and hear what these awesome people have to say yeah we're mostly looking for more of a conversation style podcast just something uh you can kick back be entertained with and listen to right create some good dialogue whatever you're doing if you're driving working out whatever it may be so what kind of guests do you think we're going to be having on here guys i think we're gonna have some really interesting people that um got any in mind I do have a few in mind. Actually, a guy who started me on podcasting, he's going to come on right away. Uh, Mr. Drew Hayde, he got me into podcasting when I was in like when I was like 12, 13 years old. He's he's a really cool guy. Guy, he's smart. He's right now he's taking his anthropology at the University of Regina. Super badass. cool dude. Super badass. <laughs> yeah, for me more I'm thinking guys like just that can hold the conversation that can be entertaining like I know we got Jacob Faith coming right. up, coming up at the pipes. Our first guest will be Jacob Faith. Yeah, and then uh, my other buddy Nolan Martin. He's got a good travel story. That's mostly what I'm kind of interested in. I know we went over that before, but just guys who have the courage to pack up and go away for a couple months, go experience life. I think that's awesome. That's basically what I want to do in my life. So if I can get as much of those stories in as I can. All right, well, All let's, better. Let's, uh, let's kick this thing off. Let's get our first intro music going, <laughs> and then we'll start off from there. This is our first ever podcast. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Please enjoy the social sentience. So I think we should kind of tell the people who we are. Uh, st- let's start off with you. All right. Well, uh, me and you have been over this a couple times, but yep. you're basically the reason I'm at the podcast, the reason I'm sitting here right now doing the podcast. <laughs> let's tell a little story. It was on our birthday. We were getting nice and liquored up. You put on this podcast and fucking blew my mind into planet Mars. And ever since then, I've been hooked on it and it's been an everyday or that's on awesome. the way to school, on the way to work now, just whenever I'm basically doing things that I don't want to be doing and would make it more learn. enjoyable yeah. podcast. Exactly. What about you? What was your kind of path towards podcasting? Um, you know, it really started, like I said, in grade 10. Actually, no, way, way, way earlier than that. Probably when I was like 11 or 12. It didn't start with a direct podcast, but what it started with was my brother had uh, parents were out of town, brother threw a party. Right, that's classic. a classic story. Yeah. Parents are gone, and my brother's friends came over, Drew and Taylor Hayde, uh, and they 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 were super wasted, which was awesome. I wasn't. I was, I think I had my first drink then, but they were super wasted. And they started telling me about all this uh, crazy shit that they were reading, and learning. They talked about um, caves in Spain that have these hieroglyphs that 
they like that have hieroglyphs that hieroglyphs that are dated back thousands of years and that have like like tell stories and I was like so blown away and I remember I was just so young I was like these guys know everything like this is fucking awesome fast forward a few years later uh, they get me into podcasting I thought it was fucking stupid I listened to the first episode of Joe Rogan on like just like a drive to like some like moose jar or something like that and I was hooked ever since and it's been uh, it's been quite the journey. Pro- uh, how many? Probably over a hundred hundreds of hours of podcasts yeah, I've listened to. Hundreds, hundreds of hours. Yeah, with me, it's more when you kind of think of people who were influential on you. And like, I remember thinking of my brother when I was younger. Like, this guy's fucking huge. He's seven feet tall. He he knows everything. And now that I've grown up, I'm taller than him now. And <laughs> that's just an example. But just from what he knows that what he knew, I thought that he knew the entire world. And the more you know, the more knowledge that you do, it truly does open more doors and it has more questions. And that's what I'm kind of experiencing right now. The more books I read, the more I want to know about what was in that book. And I want to go deeper and deeper and you can go deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole, but it just I, never stops. I have a question for you then, because this is a question that uh, someone asked me. I didn't really know how to answer it at the time. I kind of know how to answer it now, but what would you rather have, knowledge or wisdom? Ooh, so I'll explain. I'll explain how he said to me. He said, "Knowledge, you know, that's more like facts. Like you just drop some, yeah. you know, facts, stats, whatever. But wisdom is being able to apply knowledge, being able to apply yeah. theory to real life, to reality." So he said, "100 percent of the time, we'd rather have wisdom over knowledge." Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can sit down and memorize facts all you want it's kind of what school is yeah exactly just regurgitating fucking bullshit facts on a pamphlet about some make-believe character <laughs> that i'm sitting through an hour christian ethics bullshit that i don't want to listen to but yeah you can regurgitate facts all you want but it's being able to have like life experiences that you can use these facts right. and that you can use these experiments experiences to gain wisdom and to impart wisdom on other people and to change their life so yeah definitely wisdom but at first, it did stop me. I'm not going to lie. I know. It did, too. I was like, knowledge, obviously. Yeah. And then he explained it to me. I was like, oh, shit. That actually makes sense. I'm a fucking retard. <laughs> yeah. So basically for me, uh, the how I learn is kind of – I'm more of a visual guy, but I also love books. What about you? Like, what's your what's your main learning? Yeah. I, I like to sit down. Ah, I would say auditory. I'm really like good. How do you at, learn best? Yeah. I, I'd say auditory. I think yeah. I'm an auditory learner. I – I pick up on cues and like voices and like patterns and shit like that. Yeah. I, I love just having dialogue with people, whoever they are. I like to meet new people and just create dialogue. I think that's super fascinating and it's a really good social tool. Yeah. Absolutely. That just go up to some random person and have a cool conversation. And when you, the conversation is over, you know that you got something out of it. Maybe not like a, maybe not wisdom or knowledge out of it, but you got some sort of meaning that is more more grander than any fact in fact in a textbook that could mm, and just having those experiences helps you and you keep learning and you keep yeah you developing. want to more and more and more and more yeah just yeah like doing interviews for jobs it's pretty routine stupid questions most of the time yeah. but the more you do it the more comfortable you get and that's the same thing with everything in life i believe the more you do it the more the better you get it obviously there's going to be natural talents that are they i don't want to use hockey here but i'm a fucking hockey player for anyone that's out right. there that's wondering that's right um 
there's naturals who say like they step on the ice, they didn't fall over once, but usually that's not the case. You got to practice at it. And you always hear that 10,000 hours thing. What do you, right. Ten, what, yeah, yeah. What do you Malcolm, Malcolm Black, Gladwell. Yeah. I do, I do to an extent, um, 10,000 hours. I also think correlates to 10 years. So mm. 10 years about being fully engaged, fully involved in whatever you're doing, like full time going full in. Like, so for hockey for you, so it's 10 years of just straight hockey, training, putting your effort in, watching tape, getting better, getting better, getting better. Ten, so, you know, 10,000 hours. I, like Malcolm Gladwell is a philosopher and he's a philosophical genius. I really like him. Yeah. And I, th- I think that well, – what's that book called when he mentions the 10,000? I don't know. Is it, it's not Blink, is it? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I'm not too know. sure then. Who gives a shit? But, yeah. If you're focusing on 10,000 hours, though, you're obviously leaving some other aspects of your life. Right, but you'd probably um, find pretty good meaning if you're going to yeah, give some 10,000 hours. I think probably one of the best things to become mastered at is trying to be enlightened at this point, but is anyone truly enlightened after well, 10,000 hours? Of, <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. It's a hard so. state. I don't, I don't think, think so. you can be. I don't think so. I think universal knowledge is impossible. There's just too much to know at this point in Life. I mean, the internet. You can Google anything you want, but you gotta sift through the bullshit, and you gotta pick pick stuff up in your own life. And that's how you. Personally, I think that's how you fucking grow as a person. Just that's gain right. integrity. When I was when I was younger, I had uh, I had a, I don't know maybe a girlfriend. I don't know, but I stopped talking to her because I mentioned Zero Dark Thirty. Remember, you know that movie Zero yeah. Dark Thirty, and she was like, "What was that?" I was like, "Oh, it's like the invasion when they." Uh, Killed Osama, assassinated Osama bin Laden, allegedly. I don't know. Maybe they did. I think they did. Who knows? Uh, and then she's like, oh, like, who's that? I was like, oh, the guy that uh, said he organized 9-11, like yeah. September 11th. He's like, she's like, oh, what is that? Yeah, you got to cut so, it at that point. You got to cut it. <laughs> you got to walk away from that one, shut the door on that. So I immediately stopped talking to her. But now I realize, because some people will tell me something, oh, did you hear about the thing that happened uh, X amount of years ago, this you know crazy incident? I'm like, no, I didn't. Yeah. Like, it, there's double standard, but 9-11, come on. That's, that's true. That's, that's true. Ridiculous. There's only so much you can know. But, I mean, you almost got to know that just out of pure respect. Mm-hmm. The thousands that lost their lives, and for the eventual millions that it killed, leading into the yeah, some crazy number. How many innocent civilians are actually oh being killed God. over there just by? I know we fucking. I've had this argument quite a few times with yeah. our future guest, yeah, Jacob. Faith, oh, it's, but we're we're gonna get here. Yeah, we'll Jacob we'll leave that one for. <laughs> we'll leave that one for we'll that one. But, but I do. I just want to mention one more thing. Let Let's say that happened in Canada, or let's say that happened in North America. Like we. Like some yeah. radical group in Canada blew up uh, the Mecca okay. in the Middle East, right? And then they came, invaded, and stayed in Canada for ten years. Uh, had and then had drone strikes, yeah. and the we lo- we lost family members. All my family dies. All your family dies. And you know that those motherfuckers over there killed them. Yeah. Like you see- a natural response is. Now I'm gonna go kill them. Yeah, well, absolutely. What's the one thing that's gonna make you go willing to blow yourself up for something? Yeah, Your I think religion just gives just it died from, a, from a flying exactly. metal tube. <laughs> Nothing in it. No person was involved in that, but no. sitting in a room. 
Some fucking like acne-faced teenager with the joystick <laughs> and his dick in his hand just killed your entire family. Holy Christ. Yeah, so not to get back into more philosophical, but like I said, mostly how I enjoy learning is from visuals, but I also like sitting down and just reading a good book every right. once in a while. And I right. think that's, that's almost a lost art, I mean. Us being 18, we can kind of talk to our peers and see where they're at. And there's there's honestly not that many oh fucking 18-year-olds, 17-year-olds, 16-year-olds, 15-year-olds that sit down and actually read a book and that will help them learn. That might be a problem, just staring I, at screens all day. That I could think, be a future I problem. Think that is. I really think that is. Um, when did you first get into reading? Let's go into this really quick. When did you kind of first start reading? Okay, did, well, did you always read? Yeah, basically, I've always read, like, novels and stuff, but, I mean, if I want to be entertained through a novel, like, that's, I'm not saying that's a bad way to do it, like, that, you can get entwined in that, right, and get captured in the, yeah. in the novel, but I prefer movies for that aspect, <laughs> just, yeah, I prefer no. watching The Hobbit fucking thousands of elves marching on the dwarf's mountain, I prefer to be entertained that way, but more for reading, I like to learn things, I like to, non-fiction and just kind of learn about life that way. So, but yeah. my 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 parents have always been a big influence on trying to get me to read and trying That's to get good. me to do that thing. And then I kind of transitioned right when I started listening to podcasts to more nonfiction things and more philosophical things and like Fingerprints of the Gods. I've been telling you about just right, just right, about right. finishing that one up. And I want to start on the Myth of Syphysis soon by Albert Camus. And I read the first chapter and I got to read you the quote from the first fucking line. It's nuts. It's there's but one truly philosophical problem, and that is suicide. And that's the first fucking line of the book, I'll say. <laughs> that's the like first if line. If that does not oh trap God. you in. Yes. You're not a human. You don't have a soul, you crazy bastard. Yeah, so basically this this book from the first chapter is going to be like the meaning of life and why you shouldn't commit suicide or the reasons for it from a non-religious standpoint. So I'm kind of in like that's... That's like a topic that not many people like to go into, but yeah. you have to at some point. You have to get down to those questions like, why are we here? What is the meaning of life? And I don't think that's a good question. I don't think why. Um, well, maybe no, not. I, like, I, I, I think the second one is very, very good, but I think why are we here? I, I think natural selection. I, yeah. It's not random, but it is random. Like natural selection, evolution is not random, but why we're here is super random. Like if you watch Cosmos, right? You watch Cosmos. Yeah. Absolutely. That one nudge of the asteroid that came and wiped out the dinosaurs. Let's say that nudge never happens and the dinosaurs, good chance they're still here. That's true, but... but just, my, my, the second one, the second question that you asked was very good. Like, yeah, meaning. Not so meaning much like life. why are we here? Because obviously millions of millions of things have happened to this, to get to this, to this point of where we are now. But, right. but the question that he kind of wants to answer is why do we continue then if this has happened like, for me personally, the meaning that I take out of life is I fucking enjoy it. It's a good time. It I is. like having fun. Yeah. I'm generally more happy than I am sad, and that is something that not everyone can say. So that's my kind of reason for just want to enjoy the fuck out of life. And if you're only here for, let's say, 80, 80 years on average in a good country where we live right now, mm-hmm. we're down in Saskatchewan. Canada. But yeah, basically that... I think people are also afraid of the unknown. People are so scared of the unknown. I think that's why uh, life is terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't know what's going to happen. 
Let's see then. I'm just going to drop another quote from yeah, Albert Camus' book. He said, uh, nothing has been experienced but what has been lived and made conscious. So basically, that is no one knows and there's not – it's not like someone can come back and say, you'll be fine. Don't worry. Don't don't hang on so much. Don't fight it so much. Just let go. We're going to a better place. But wouldn't it be fucking crazy if you go back and you can see somebody – and they're doing all these crazy things, and you're just trying to bang, and you're, try- you're banging on some metaphorical glass or some. Oh shit! I know that thing. I think I know like, you took this from. Ah oh, fuck! What movie is it? It's a movie, isn't it? I know. Uh, Plato. Plato's cave. Um, I did read a uh, an article that said before Plato and Socrates went into the cave, they had a drink, and this drink contained LSD. So they were tripping their tits off of uh, this drink that had LSD in it. Okay. So I think I think uh, Albert took kind of the, the cave thing, which is really mm-hmm. cool. Plato's that cave. That is really cool. Into uh, into perspective to write that. Yeah, just and that kind of almost leads to like the things that are going on with right now with the technological about advancements and like the Oculus Rift and right. That's if, that, if that gets better and there's a fear that you can be so in tune to that that you can just be stuck in it and you're not going to know that you're in a virtual reality at this point I know like one of our uh, I know me and your favorite po- uh, one of our favorite podcasters Joe Rogan uh, he talks about a lot with Duncan Trussell whenever he's on and there he's super hyped out about it hyped out about it and it honestly makes me a little scared just to think the more you hear down, about it right down, yeah. yeah like the first time I heard about it like oh this is fucking stupid and then yeah. it kind of builds more ground there was like a huge fair of AIs and Oculus Rifts and a whole bunch of stuff. Like, it's it's gaining some traction. There's jobs in there. There's, it's going to create future employment for thousands of people around yeah. the world. It, it is the future. With it, Like, the future is here, and the future is in the future with new technology that's that's coming up. Yeah, just so if people are wondering what Oculus Rift is, it's basically right, right, just, right. it's basically a big headset Right, and you put it on. And Google then, it. Google a picture of yeah. Oculus Rift. He's gonna explain it, but Google a picture of it. Yeah, so you put it on, and sometimes those treadmills hooked up to it. I know, but not all the time with the earlier models. And you basically step into another reality, and as that gets better and progresses and progresses, that's that reality is gonna look more real and real. And already they're saying that they're not sure that they're in a, a virtual reality <laughs> oh already. Oh now God. imagine that fifteen years on the road when you're. 15 years on the road when you're hooked up to a treadmill, you got something in your hand and you, you're you running and you're running and you're running through a forest, let's say, and you're so into that forest that you don't know that there's life outside that forest and that you're actually sitting down in a chair. Now think of that. If that's already got that advanced, that means that we could already be that advanced, that we're already in a simulation. <laughs> keep going, keep going. Yeah. So we're already in a simulation that one day we're going to fucking take off our headsets and think, holy fuck, I just played the most real game of Sims in my entire fucking <laughs> oh, life. We created Sims inside of Sims yeah. while playing Sims. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, no, it's it's bonkers to think of, really. Yeah. Uh, there's this new thing that I saw. Uh, they just did a test run of it. The guy was just sitting in his living room, had these goggles on. And inside his living room, it was his living room. He had he was killing zombies in his living room. It was like Call of Duty in his living room, and With he had like guns. Holographs and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've heard of that. What's it? Uh, oh, I'm not sure what it's called. called. Um, 
he can move stuff around. Hey, and he's got a yeah. virtual gun. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he, he was like, like sets <laughs> up a turret. <laughs> he was going hard with yeah. it. Eh? And his they was measuring his heart rate, and his heart rate was going up, like as if he's actually in like a battle. Actually, yeah. he's killing things like that are trying to to kill him in real life. That is, I think that's amazing. Also, we're gonna have a lead into this gaming. We're gonna have a MLG star on our podcast. He's going to come in a, in a couple of weeks. Matthew Ferrante, Royal Two on Xbox. He is. I think, He's like one of the top ten gamers in the world. Really, that's sick. He's a, I never knew that. He's a badass motherfucker. So we're going to talk about. I think we should talk about more of that with him. We see where the future of gaming yeah, goes. Yeah, that's true. You can save that for more. For more of that, but it's cool to think about that we're getting so advanced right now, and that our environment has allowed us to get so advanced. You know, we're not struggling for food anymore. We're not struggling for shelter anymore. And that's where you can kind of go further with these technological advancements and with art and stuff so but yeah just kind of uh reading into the reading into fingerprints of the gods by graham hancock he touches on a or hints to a ancient civilization that has uh that had at once point reached technological advancement that previously was unknown to us and that is dismissed by scientists right now say that's not possible it's not possible but but here we're seeing these in some cases 200 tons block 200 ton blocks lifted 100 feet in there placed perfectly so you can't slide a piece of paper under there and they're supposed to not have any 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 technology I have to ask you does Graham think that they had technology that was greater than we have now or just what just what we actually think that they had like they have they had greater technology than what we think that they had well he doesn't really it's hard to say because obviously there's no evidence or anything like this I mean I know we've talked about it before but on the tomb of Pascal, I was looking for his name at the time when we were talking about it, but is encrypted in uh, in stone a picture of him or supposed to be him operating some sort of lever or mechanical machine. So yeah, it's like he's in almost like a like yeah. trapped in like a I don't want to say spaceship because that sounds fucking weird. Yeah, but he's like uh, in some kind of and not that that's proof of anything mystical but. Uh, tube. Or cylinder or something, and he's just like controlling. Yeah, yeah. No, I know, I know what you're saying, but I think someone, either someone, was super fucking high when they <laughs> was like, "I'm gonna carve this into the side of a wall," yeah. or uh, they actually saw that. Yeah, it's crazy to think because in his book he touches on a lot of things about the ancient Egyptians too, which is and a lot of uh, and a lot of their myths, and these are myths, obviously, so to be taken lightly, but a lot of myths from around the world in the ancient times correlate to each other so for example uh a lot of them had dogs in them which is strange like a lot of myths of of civilizations who were never supposed to have had contact with each other because they're just so remotely distant to each other all have these weird dog-like figures that and they're mostly in myths where uh they're kind of protecting people from this great flood and that's another weird thing that all these civilizations all had this myth of catastrophe of this great flood and it's it's you know the noah's ark right that the no the classic noah's ark myth right. that's that's a very famous myth not just in the not just christianity in Catholicism, but, yeah yeah, yeah. It, it was disproved like you said you have to take it lightly because there was this yeah there's no myth. chance that the world flooded yeah six thousand years ago or five thousand years ago but no it's strange I, though that mm-hmm. a lot of civilizations have share the same, the same myth yeah yeah 
And they're never supposed to have met or have contact with each other. It's strange that they would all have, all have the same similar myth anyway. So that was kind of interesting with it. Also with uh, a lot of people say like that they didn't have really science before then, but they, but in ancient Egypt, they, uh, they had a good understanding of angles and they basically knew what pi was like 3.14. Yeah. Yeah. And that wasn't supposed to be known until like third century uh, BC by Archim- Archimedes. I Archimedes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was supposed to be the original founder, but all these angles are using pi and they all line up together in some weird, I forget the, the number of degrees, but a lot of the angles in the pyramid of Giza correlate to this one degree. I think it's 22 or something. I don't know. I'm talking on my ass. No, I don't think, no, I think you're fucking. right. And back when, back when uh, they were uh, built as the history books say, they would have lined up with the uh, belt of Orion. Yeah. Right? That's another stars. weird thing. That's another right. weird thing. Yeah. But who knows if they were built during that time? Cause yeah, I, they I could be the older. His, they could history be books inherited. are wrong in many ways. I'm almost going to start as soon as my finals for university are done, I'm going to start a seven hour experience of magical Egypt created by John Anthony West and I heard they're trying to do a re- remake oh, yeah. magical Egypt they're doing a kickstarter for magical Egypt right now yeah for uh, John Anthony West he's the guy who's basically looked at the Sphinx and said this is a lot older even than modern scientists say it is yeah now. there's a, a yeah. erosion on it that would only yeah, be caused erosion. from water yeah. and there water hasn't been enough water to cause that damage and 10,000 years or so when the climate was like I think they say that of Tanzania now in Africa so more of like a green climate and another weird thing too is they found these uh, in Abidos I think the Abidos like these ships that are like made for sea like huge ships that are made for sea not just Nile River where they were found so that's another weird thing they could have they're thinking that these maybe ancient Egyptians were made to travel They, they were traveling over great distances so that could be how the civilizations came into contact with each other and have and share these similarities so right well i i really think that as civilizations grow as ancient civilization civilizations grow they do expand and they want to try new things and it's cool to think because these uh these pyramids that they attribute to these kings caffrey and someone else like caffrey is the big pyramid of Giza, yeah. that big one there's no inscriptions in them whatsoever to say that he built them. Like his name might be in it one time, I think, on the outside, just how they uh, like attribute to this to them. But like it's not, usually you usually you'd think that if they built this massive period in them in the tomb, they would have they'd, they'd write in them or do something like that. And there's nothing to symbolize. Which that, would so. lead to the conclusion that they found these and they set up a city near these great pyramids. Yeah. And maybe they try and uh, they tried to build build some smaller pyramids because there's so many pyramids around there. There's a whole bunch of smaller ones as well, and it's very possible. Yeah. And if you see some of the, so if you actually Google a picture of the pyramids of Giza and you look at the big one, it just looks like a whole bunch of like a stones. Yeah, we'll pull it up on Google right now. Explain it better. Yeah, it's massive stones. We gotta go see this shit one of these times. If they weren't in such civil unrest. Yeah, that's true. Maybe it might be a little easier. Maybe these three ones? Right, right, right. So, okay, so we have a, we have a, we pulled up a picture of all of them right now. So if you see the top of it, right, it's kind of like smooth. Yeah. They were, they're all smooth. They're like, that's how they were started off. That's how they were built. They were built. 
and they were all completely smooth. There were no, you couldn't tell that they were all rocks. It was all completely smooth. It's all limestone. I think we should do a full episode on ancient civilizations and maybe even specifically pyramids of Giza. I have a, I think I know a great guest that would come on and like to spread his knowledge on it. So we will leave this for another another episode. Stay, keep up to date with the podcast and stay tuned. Yeah, if you're interested on pyramids of Giza, we will have an episode on this. We are no means done on this no. podcast, though. And we are no in no way preaching that we have any actual knowledge. Yeah, absolutely not. We're fucking 18 years old. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't claim to know anything, but I like to learn. I like to research and, and question, too. Right. Question Always authority. Always question authority. Yep. How else do you learn? How else do you grow? And that's the thing that uh, I was talking with my coach the other day, actually. He was saying that. To uh, basically to gain integrity that you need to be challenged and that in order you need to be able to push yourself to your limit. I think that you need to have something in your life that pushes you to this limit so that you know that you can go further and further and you can keep pushing this limit of your own self. And and so how do you uh, how do you how do you do that to yourself? I think the best way to push yourself is one way through test your intellectual abilities. Read a book that is way beyond your capacity of knowledge, like Albert. Albert is it Camus or Camus? I don't know. Because uh, my because one of my philosophy teachers said he was Camus, but who who knows? Yeah, I have no idea. Um, like I read like, like read a book like that. Read read uh, some Malcolm Gladwell. Read some Plato. Like if you try and read Plato or try and read Socrates back when they wrote it, super hard to understand. Yeah, but if you can grab little pieces of it 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 can be super rewarding super meaningful you can add and you can just create a better overall life for yourself and you can apply it to real world that's what we talked about with wisdom before taking what socrates said the socratic method of thinking breaking everything down into its like root form its core and exposing it for what it truly is and that's a super good a beneficial way to even live your life. How how do you like as as your coach said, which is awesome, how do you kind of express yourself in that in that way? For me it's all about in intellectual ways and challenging myself. Yeah, I think intellectual ways and reading books and trying to expand yourself that way, that's definitely huge, but you, you can't forget about the physical aspect because right. that also right, right. your mind and your body work is one. They're the same you're the same person, right? So it's obviously gonna have an impact with that so you gotta you gotta keep intact with that so that's something i like to do i like to try and push myself to my physical limits and then win that mental battle and say no i'm not done i'm gonna go further i'm gonna do this i'm gonna skate harder than i'm ever skating i'm gonna run up this hill i'm gonna accomplish this because there's no greater feeling than winning something or accomplishing something that you didn't think that you could previously do and that you right that's so rewarding yeah it's there's nothing more rewarding than that and that's just another example. Say you're, uh, what are you going to love more? You're going to love a house that was given to you or a house that you fucking built with your two hands. There you go. Yeah. So go out there, try and better yourself. I remember one thing that I took from our last conversation that you had that you said that I really thought about is, uh, you try and better yourself every day Yeah. and learn something new every day. And I think that if we're all trying to do that, we're going to live in a better world regardless. And, world's fucking getting destroyed and uh, more people like you and me yeah yeah 
doom and gloom. Well, maybe not us two fucking idiots. We might need some smarter fucking people out here to figure out some shit. But well, we got some geologists coming on. He's gonna break down fracking for us. Yeah, yeah, that was funny when um, on Joe Rogan's comedy specials, old one, he was saying. Like, there's people like us who don't know how to do shit. Stupid and people and fucking yeah. smart people. I, he used this analogy. He'd uh, say you go in the woods and he's going to put you in the woods and how long is it going to take you to send an email back? <laughs> Here's a hatchet. How long is it going to take you to send an email? Yeah. But it's true, though. It is. I don't so know how to fucking put up a cell phone. Do you know tower. what Wi-Fi I don't know how to is? create a battery. No, I don't know what the fuck Wi-Fi how, is. How are we recording this on a laptop? No and idea. microphones and putting it on iTunes. Yeah. What is iTunes? And then you're hearing it. Yes, and, and you're listening to it from whatever device, iPod, iPhone, or computer, whatever it may be. It's, it's fucking mind-blowing. It's crazy. Just stop and think about it and just like, all right. Uh, and then sometimes just ask yourself, do you know what you're doing here? Yeah. Because I sure as hell don't. A hundred years ago, the main transportation was... Your two fucking feet yeah, or horseback. Endurance running. And now you can go up to the moon. And that's another thing to say. Well, it's ancient civilizations. I don't want to get back to too far. But just in five generations, this is uh, what Graham Hancock um, talks about in his book. In five generations, we can go from horseback and our two feet to being on the fucking moon <laughs> and exploring space. There's been thousands and thousands of generations. You'd think with the same brain size and the same... Basically, mental yeah, mental, mental capacity. You don't think we could have figured that out at least one point? That's something a big an asteroid could hit could have hit us, and we we could have lost all that at one point. It's possible, and yeah, I don't want to get back to it too much. But no, I think I remember growing up. I, I some science teacher said that we could never be wiped out by an asteroid because whenever an asteroid enters our atmosphere, breaks up and it dies. I was like, oh fuck yeah, fuck nice. asteroids. We're safe. Um, wait, what happened 65 million years ago? Because yeah. I feel like an entire species, well, yeah, species was wiped out from asteroid. And we, our Earth has been just fucking shitted on yeah. by massive asteroids. Look at the moon. Yeah. That there's no water or fucking green fuck shit Fuck you, grade that. three science teacher, you fucking asshole. <laughs> Scaring me and shit. All you Maybe trying to make you feel better. He knew, he knew what you know was going what? on. You. That's all right. I love you. But yeah, look at the moon. Look how many craters are on the fucking moon. It's like right beside us. Yeah. That, shit, that shit can hit us. Yeah. All the more reason to live for today and have a good time for today. But yeah, just kind of getting back to uh, pushing yourself physically and intellectually. But you can also push yourself spiritually. You can meditate. You can go right. to the isolation tanks and... I know you kind of got me into meditation. I wasn't really sure into that and told me about us. I don't like that word, though. It's not a good word. It's kind of... Meditate? Yeah. Like, someone said, oh, what are you going to do? I'm going to meditate. Yeah, I need a new word. Like, I'm going to fucking do some It's got to be cool like a, shit. a cognitive enhancer. What are you yeah. doing? I'm going to go improve my cognitive ability. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. I'm just going to go sit and chill with my thoughts and then try and think of nothing for half an hour. It's a hard thing to do. It's a very hard thing to do. But like you said, after you do it and after that 30 minutes is up, it's so rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. And you just have the best feeling of yourself. Like I just went 30 minutes of pure silence, of pure solitude by myself in the dark with virtually no thought. And now like my whole day is reset. I can now go to sleep peacefully and wake up and know that I'm all right and that what we're doing is all right. 
and that no matter how big of a problem or obstacle I can face, that I can overcome it because it's just like a complete, it's like hit the reset button. And that's what I think we, everyone needs to do once in a while. Just hit that reset button. Just be like, all right. Every day, I think we need to be doing I, every, that. I think every day, for most people, they can't do it every day. Yeah. Once a week, I think for sure. Yeah. Well, once a day, once a day, try that. It's, yeah, that's yeah, kind of what sleeping is almost. But this is more profound than sleeping. This is because you, you kind of close your eyes and you wake up and you're like, okay, sweet. Now I have energy to jerk off and <laughs> go to school. But Yeah, it kind of helps you focus on that voice in your head, you know, mm-hmm. your, your conscious voice saying you can't do that and you can't do this and that the problems that you have that everyone has in their own lives. And instead of actually facing those problems, some, some decide to distract themselves with their, I'll just say an example, not everyone's doing this obviously, but with their Snapchat, with their Instagram, there's so many things that you can yeah. distract yourself with now. And instead of, and meditation actually helps you focus on what's going on and it, it makes you a healthier person because you get you deal with it and you mm-hmm. and yeah that's why that's why like I've never personally I suck fucking balls at it I've never done it for thirty minutes but I think my longest is like eighteen twenty minutes and after that's that awesome, I man. That's, great, awesome. that's awesome see that's wonderful yeah but I was gonna fucking do it today in the afternoon but never end up fucking doing right. it that's geez, right. like I probably won't do it tonight I'm pretty tired I will after this podcast. And it Who takes knows? five minutes, too. It That's really how does. fucking really lazy does. I am. Really you, don't, you only have to do it for five fucking minutes I if did you a want. percentage of how, like, what percentage of time I meditate a week is 1%. Yeah. I do 30 minutes a day, and it's 1% of my week. Yeah, it's and that 1% percent helps you with your other 99%. It directly influences It directly that correlates with yeah. how I perceive others, how I perceive myself, and how I tackle everyday challenges yeah i was really baked the other day and i was just sitting in my room and i was like what better than to just meditate and it just put me in such a peaceful fucking sleep and just helped me up so helped me out so much but not everyone has to do it obviously but meditation kind of goes with uh isolation tanks i know that's something that me and you have done right yep i know you got a pretty good story about it like how's your experience with that right i had a i had a great experience i went into it uh, I booked it three weeks ahead of, and so I started meditating three weeks before I got in the flu tank, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And so I was kind of like, every day, uh, was reaching that optimal state, like every day for at least a week leading up to it, and then two weeks of just kind of trying to get into it. And so when I got there, uh, the it was super... It was super weird at the beginning because I was like, oh, my God, like I'm fucking in a goddamn float yeah, tank. Floating. Like something I want to do for so long, and now I can do it. And I don't know. After about five or ten minutes, I kind of realized, okay, you're here for a reason. It's to, it's to know you understand yourself better. It's to meditate. So I don't know. I want to say around the 30-minute mark because I was only in there for about an hour. I really got into it. I really got into that zen state, if you will. And the craziest thing happened is like the entire world kind of was just chaos outside of the tank. It was just the whole world was just shit. Like every 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 good happy thought you can it was just taken over by evil, except for me inside of the tank. So everything was shit, and I was, and I was in a I was in I was I was in a good place in the tank, and something came over me and just said, you know what, you're gonna be all right. This is all right. I got you. I'm going to take care of you. Even though it's kind of going crazy out there, 
I'm gonna take care of you. And then at about that hour mark, right when I was right when I was finishing, right when I was coming to back together, I was just floating down a river, just a peaceful, calm river. And it was just the whole entire world stopped for like 30 seconds. It was super short. The whole world stopped for about 30 seconds. And I was just floating down this river. And then the music came on and the filter came on. And then I kind of came back to. And I've never had such a profound feeling after that hour of just deep, deep thinking and deep meditation. That like I, I, I can, words are hard to explain. I made an Instagram post of it, of yeah. the best way I could think of it. Because I had a whole bunch of like psychedelic pictures. And I kind of created like a, I don't know, a little poem for it. And without a doubt, it changed my life. The drive home was the most amazing thing I've ever had. The sun was awesome, out. Man. I was driving home. There's no one on the roads. And I was just thinking, I was like, this, like, I need to do this every day. Because this yeah. was so fulfilling. And it took a fucking hour. Yeah. And it was so intense. I'll sit, sometimes I'll just sit in my room. And wonder why I'm just sitting here for a fucking hour doing nothing, staring at my phone. You can change your life in an hour just from basically laying well, down in some water and lukewarm water. Uh, yeah, and my kind of experience wasn't as profound as that. I know I texted you right after and texted you a bunch before just because you went before me, so I wanted right. to. Yeah. I was a little scared. I was getting shut in a it's weird, scary. It weird is scary. Like, tube it is thing scary. for a bit. And, uh, yeah, my experience, uh, all the, I did try and meditate before, but like I said, I'm kind of a lazy piece of shit. So <laughs> I am too. I am that kind of, it was kind of tough for me to get going in there at the start, but within like 15 minutes, I legitimately thought I was in the Amazon floating down a river and there was birds all around me. And that was really fun for a good 10 minutes. And then I kind of started getting flooded with all these feelings and thoughts, but I found myself straying away from what I should be thinking about and more thinking about the outside world like oh once I'm done here I'm gonna go do this shit and that's the and that's the exact thing you shouldn't be fucking <laughs> yeah. doing inside of one of these things <laughs> so that's why and that's just that experience I wanted more I wanted to do that more I wanted to get better at it more and more and more and more and more and I want to just keep fucking doing it so yeah. I didn't have as deep of an experience as you but I know one time we were uh, talking about Duncan Trussell said this on his podcast, but he said, uh, remember that Buddha, that Buddhist teacher who said, Ram Dass. Yeah. If you, uh, don't have time for meditation, you should be meditating more. I forget right. how it goes. Oh, exactly. Right, right, I might right, be fucking right. butchering that. You, it was how, that. how long it was Ram Dass, How long should I meditate? And he said 30 minutes. Yeah. He said, I can't, I don't have time to meditate for 30 minutes. And yeah. he said, well, then you should meditate for an hour. Yeah. And that just hits home so <laughs> That's well. That's so crazy. So true. It's yeah. so true. It is. It really is. If you don't have time for 30 minutes. For yourself too, to benefit for yourself yeah. and help yeah. yourself and feel better and more positive. If you don't want that. If you could take a pill, if there was a pill to make you feel more fucking positive. But it shut you off for yeah. an hour? Like you had to take this pill, but you had decided to be frozen for like an hour. Yeah, and, and then you, after the hour, you're just like this amazing. You feel great. Everyone would take the that pill. Fucking Everyone pill. would take that pill all the time. Yeah, and you don't have to take a pill for that. You no. can just do it, and you can feel better about yourself and more positive. And I, and I know we're trying to maybe push this a bit too hard here. <laughs> Obviously, do no, what it, you want it, in your it, life, but yeah, I think I think it needs to be done. If you live in the greater Regina area, go to Smith and Best Float Studio. They're not a sponsor. We gotta get them on. <laughs> 
<laughs> I can't even be a sponsor. Give me some free float tanks. They're too goddamn expensive. It's our first plug. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are in no way sponsored. But do you seriously do the go there? They have state-of-the-art technology. They have all, uh, actual doctors there that can help you and take you through the process of what floating is. Uh, John Lilly, who created the float tank. Um, you, they have so much information there. They can really help you out. So just Google them, Smith and Best Float Studio in Regina. And I can and uh, just floating and stuff that can help you work through a lot of your uh, emotions that are going on. And uh, me being, uh, I guess, us being a little bit younger, right. we kind of went. We've been through puberty and the ups and downs, really close to hormonal, yeah, and hormonalness, <laughs> and and obviously us being guys, we probably don't get it as much as girls, but that shit can. Just for some reason, you can wake up and you can just feel shitty. And there's nothing you can do to shake it. You're just in a fucking shitty mood. Yeah. It's just yeah. your body producing. And I think that can help really combat those shitty feelings you get. And basically in life, I think you you generally want to feel happy. You generally want to feel more positive. And if you can reach that state as much as you can, then why would you not? Right. Everyone why has would, those days where yeah. they wake up, they're like, oh, my God. Like, what the why doesn't yeah. that girl like me? Oh, why doesn't, you know, why didn't I get cut from this team? Or why am I not straight A student? Or why did I get a scholarship? Just a whole bunch of just, and we have this self-defeating attitude. I think that's huge. Everyone, and everyone does it. Maybe I shouldn't say everyone, but most people do. I do it. I don't know about uh, yeah, you. Absolutely. We just have these self-defeating uh, thoughts and we just bring such negativity on onto ourselves and onto when it, like For no reason. Yeah. Most like, of the time. Mm-hmm. If you're driving and you're super positive and someone cuts you off, like, oh, shit, you cut me off. That's all right, buddy. If you're in a, already a bad state of mind and someone cuts you off, you're like, I'm going to fucking kill this guy and his entire family <laughs> and I'm going to make him watch it. And just like horrible, evil thoughts like that. And you're like, oh, why am I thinking this? This isn't who I am. Yeah. Or uh, something good happens to your friend and immediately your first thought in your head is like, why not me? Yeah. Why not me? Yeah. And then you fucking think like, and you got to observe that thought as much as you can. You got to observe those feelings as much as you can and study them and just know them and know when those feelings are coming anyways. Cause I think it was Plato or something that said this, I might be fucking butchering this too, but he oh said, uh, life unexamined, like a life unexamined is life not worth living. I so believe it sounds like Aristotle. Might have been yeah, something Aristotle. like that. Oh, it sounds like Aristotle. I'm going to fucking look but it up. That's, that's beautiful. Say that again. Say that again for the people of the world. Okay, well, let me fucking figure it out <laughs> first. Okay. Socrates? Yeah, I think so. So it was Plato, but Socrates said it, but Plato wrote it down. Okay. That's so weird. Yeah, Socrates said, didn't write ever, anything down. Huh. He said, yeah, the unexamined life is not worth living. I kind of see it as observing yourself through a third party. To examine the being of which you are through the lens of someone else. You know that saying, you know, you never know the person until you walk a mile in their shoes. Yeah, yeah. Right is not putting yourself in someone else's shoes and being their life, but putting yourself in someone else's spot and looking at you. As Aubrey Marcus says, the platinum rule, you know, don't do unto others as you would be done unto you, but do unto others as they are you, right? Yeah. So you are me and I am you. 
So how do you view me? How, how do I view you? And kind of uh, rationale our life and our existence and our being of everything of what we do, how we think, how we be, how we act, how we treat ourselves, how we treat others, and examine it through the lens of someone else, someone who maybe doesn't even like you through an enemy. Just because we all have thoughts about who our enemies are and our conversations with our enemies. So next time you have a thought about that, just look at it and tell the enemy. Be like, you know what, man? It's all right. I forgive you. I love yeah. you. Just tell you, tell your enemy. Be like, yo, what's up? I love you. Man. Don't worry about it. And give them some knuckles or whatever and see how they would take it as you perceive it in your mind. Because, you know, you're not going to like everyone. Everyone's not going to like you. But you can, only, you can only do your best and try. Yeah, you can only be a good person. So how do you how do you perceive this quote as Socrates put it? Well, basically how I kind of think of it as, and it definitely took me a while. Like I heard it last year, and, my, and I'm kind of wrapping up my thoughts like just right. just about now. And these thoughts are probably pretty dumb, but no, absolutely not. <laughs> but the the unexamined life is a life not worth living. Okay, so so how I see this kind of if you can't examine yourself and you can't take from yourself and see your own patterns of belief then how are you going to be able to grow and how are you going to be able to not only grow but grow spiritually and and just be a better person if you can't examine your you can't examine yourself and your own patterns and you'll notice or at least i've noticed is just from examining myself and my own patterns of thought my own patterns of behavior and just how i view things and how i see things i can learn a lot about other people just from examining myself like I'll know like this, like he say this person says something and I know he's not hundred percent truthful with his actions or I know yeah. he's not hundred percent truthful in his intent just by me being in that situation and me examining myself. So that's how I kind of take it because yeah, if you're, you're not, don't be going and judging people right. before you take a good hard look at your own life and your own reflections and your own actions and what you've done. So that's how I've kind of taken it. I think I think it's that's the judging. I think the judgment is super good. Um, in Catholicism, it's mentioned greatly. You know, don't judge people. Let the Lord judge them. I think you should judge people. That guy's a fucking gunner's hand. He's going crazy. Maybe I shouldn't yeah. go and talk to him. Should Maybe I should run the fuck away from him. I don't think you should judge someone on a moral level because I think morals are very—they're not black and white. They're different for everyone. And I think they can be very, uh, very confusing at times for certain people. I think we all react irrationally and in some eyes, some people's uh, eyes immorally. So I really don't think you should judge someone on their morals, but more or less on their physical aspect of what, you know, they're doing, hand gestures, movements. Oh, that guy told a lie. Well, maybe I shouldn't associate myself with that person because the lie, like Brian Williams, like the reporter, right? Well, you know, I'm not going to listen to what he says. Even though I know I've told, you know, some things that maybe I'm like, stretched the truth a bit. You know, maybe I didn't actually get an 80 on that test. So I got a fucking 60. Yeah, I just said I got 80. We all, we all do that stupid shit. But I think the judgment is super, super crucial. And don't judge people on their moral you know, actions. You know, we see people all the time like, oh, look at that fucking asshole. I bet he's such a cunt. He's probably a great dude. Yeah. You just got to get to know him. You got to say hi. How's it going? My name's whatever. Yeah, the majority of people are great people yeah and obviously us being born in canada that has helped out got a good good stereotype canada is awesome yeah it's a good time it's a good time i'm not gonna lie it's pretty fucking cold up here but we got some nice people and obviously we got some dickheads just as everywhere does but 
I think the weather helps with that, the kids. Cause yeah. it's so fucking cold up here some days and some oh. weeks and some months on end. You're just like, when is this weather going to stop? But I think it builds character in, in a big in a big way. Yeah, man. Speaking of cold, I did my first ice bath the other day. Oh, shit. Like, How uh, was that? Fucking sucked for three minutes. But then, like, you stay in there for 10 minutes and you get out and you just feel fucking awesome. And that's like, it's almost like most, thing, most things in life, you got to... You got to put some work towards it, and then you're experience gonna experience some yeah, kind of pain. Yeah, and then you're gonna reap that reward. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just for that pain and suffering thing. But do you have to suffer to feel that? Do you have to suffer to feel reward? Can you can you avoid suffering? Well, how how would you define suffering? Because like in a physical aspect, I don't think you have to. Um, but I think there has to be some kind of downfall, maybe some kind of suffering, if you call it, um, on on one of your senses at least yeah. so maybe it's not a physical maybe you're, uh, you suffer emotionally from it maybe like uh, from a really bad you know breakup or a death in the family or something on a real level you suffer from it and then you're able to build yourself up yeah, and you're able to go through the process of building yourself up which creates you of who you are and who you who, who you become yeah and that's kind of something like going through experiences and going through you know your uh trials and tribulations let's say like it makes you a better person it gives you a better understanding and just having those experiences to draw back on they help like i don't want to get into it obviously but like it's fucking high school bullshit but like my past relationship just the shit that i've been through with her now people come and talk to me about that and they ask me questions how i dealt with that and and i love being able to help someone else because i've been there i've been in the shitty shitty circumstances and i've i've been in the lowest that I've personally ever been in as a result of that. And having been that low, I can now see that that was stupid. Right. Number one. And number two, now I can help people when they're in that low and I can help their experience even better. So, and three, most importantly, I think now you can help yourself <laughs> moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Now I know now that. So if you need to deal so with that shit, you said it is suffering necessary. And I, th- I say, yes, I, I, you think I, so? I say, yes, I don't know if it is in all circumstances though. I, I think, I think it's pretty iffy if you say all circumstances, but ones yeah, that affect absolutely. you on a profound level, I think, yes, I'm going to say yes. It's the same thing with artists, you know, uh, like the depressed ones are usually the best ones. Yeah. And Vincent Van Gogh, greatest artist all time, killed himself. Yeah. Like, dude, I'll give you a hug, but you're dead, so. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's weird to think, but I don't know if you have to suffer necessarily to. Well, I think that's not not a good word. Yeah, well, I'm the one who fucking needs to worry about that, but. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. But, yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of an example of when you don't have to do anything like that. Obviously, you're going to have to put in. Yeah, you're obviously going to have to put in work to read the words, but. Another example of this is like you're going to appreciate things more if you don't have them as much. Like if you don't eat lint chocolate, one of those lint, you know, those delicious. Oh, my God. And then you, you don't eat those for five months and you have one. You're, you're going to be fucking – you're going to be loving that yeah, shit. Yeah. Especially if you ripped it. As Oscar, uh, as Oscar Wilde says – Everything in moderation, including moderation, right? So don't eat 7,000 of those chocolate things. Yeah. Eat, you know, eat one or two, enjoy it, experience the joy that it brings you. And we're not just talking about chocolate, we're talking about everything. Experience the joy that it gives you and then don't take a break, for a put, put it away. Maybe, you know, a week later, experience the joy it gives you, put it away, 
bring it back, right? So everything in moderation. You know, alcohol is is crazy bad. Yeah. Like it, it, it's super harmful and is very addicting, and many people have lost everything because of it. But that doesn't mean it's bad just because you you can't deem a substance bad, right? Cheers. We're gonna. We're, this is our first <laughs> podcast. Cheers, <laughs> motherfucker. Here we go. Look at this. No, I don't think you can either. Like, just look at Portugal. Ten years ago, they decriminalized all drugs. Now they have lower usage rates, lower crime rates, lower HIV rates. If that's happening, if if you're giving, if you're saying to people, no, you can't do this because it's bad, they're gonna want to do it more. Or if you, instead of instead of telling people, giving them education on why it's bad and why you shouldn't do this, and maybe. And not even saying you shouldn't do this, but just giving the facts and then they can make their own informed decision. That's exactly. going to be a better strategy than saying, no, you're not allowed to do this. And if you do, you're going to jail for 20 years for smoking a fucking plant. As I always say, no one, one person has the right to tell you what you can and can't do. Absolutely. No, no doesn't matter what you call Barack Obama or Stephen Harper. They're still a human being. doesn't matter what, yeah. you, what title you give them. There's at the end of the day, they're a human being. And they're going to have flaws, and they're going to say some stupid shit, and they're sort of going to have some stupid-ass moments. And, you know, we live in this society where it's run on, oh, uh, ancient text, though. Oh, this is how our forefathers said we should do it. Just because it's fucking old, not because right. it makes sense. Just because right. it's been, a long, been around for a long time. That's right. why we go off it. No, we should redo this shit. Someone should write a new fucking Bible that actually makes sense. One of the reasons why Rome fell is because they were just like, you know what, guys, we're good. We don't need we don't need to improve anymore. We're good. It was you one of the many. Obviously, they failed because of many reasons, but that was a huge reason why I've heard is they just stopped producing. They stopped creating new, you know, way technology. They're just like, you know what, we're guys, we're we'll just kind of mellow out for a bit, yeah, and then they got fucked over it. by by in many issues, including environment. Yeah, and you think about it like like life itself is pretty short in the long scheme of things, but it's it's what you can do in that lifetime that not only makes your life happy, but what you can do to make others people and to affect other people and make their lives better, I think. Right. And that's something I wanna when I look back on my life, I wanna I wanna be able to say I not only lived a happy life for myself, but I helped other people be happy in a certain moments. And that's something that I want to be able to look back and say. Also, no, no regrets. No regrets. <laughs> you know the classic saying, but yeah, obviously that. What's something you kind of want to be able to say when you look back on your life, when you're laying in a hospital bed, hopefully not in too much pain. If or that's if that's something, or as Hunter S. Thompson did one day when he's fucking fuck put a gun in his mouth yeah, and blew his brains out. Do that that's, too. I think that's respectable as shit. I think that's respectful. The as ultimate shit. control. The ultimate, yeah. And don't tell me it's a fucking sin to take my own life. Like, what do you think was a critical point in history that his, uh, history kind of dictates that we evolved in a techn- technological point of view and uh, and increased our well-being, increased the knowledge we have? What kind of point in history do you think think that is? Uh... I think it's got to be it's got to be the wars that have taken place and it's just that that race to advance like look how many right. advancements came from World War 1 World War 2 the race to the moon look how many things have come yeah. from that so basically just competing and that 
that's what I think that's brought up the most. What about you? Yeah, I and I think that's really good. I just want to touch on one thing. And even with like the drones now, you don't have to actually use people. I think like technology is yeah. now you have drones that fucking kill, which is crazy. But and I I have to share this story. It's because I just heard it the other day and it blew my mind and it made me giggle like a little schoolgirl because it's so wonderful. And I have to share it on this podcast. So it's my take is it on it was the creation of Norse code. So everyone knows. So before then. The only way to receive a message was from running horseback or carrier pigeon, which is super unreliable, except if you're in Game of Thrones. <laughs> Send a raven. <laughs> Send a raven. So that's the only way. And so this uh, this man, he was away, and his wife was going to die. Right? You've heard this? Wife yeah. is going to die. Yep. And he he wants to see her before, so he he wants to see her before he uh, she dies. So basically... All he does is he travels to where she is, travels to their home, travels to where she is. But while, while he's traveling there, she dies. Because yeah. I, I can't remember what she died from, but she dies. And so he like super depressed because he wanted to tell her that he loved her. That's his wife. That's his whole life. That's his well-being. But he couldn't because the only way was horseback and wonderful carrier pigeons. So he invented Morse code, but it took him his entire life to invent Morse code. That he, even though that he could not reach his wife and that his wife died, maybe, maybe like, we, I don't know, maybe they had an argument before and left on bad terms and that's what, out of what motivated him. But the invention that he saw an opening to where we said, we need to improve, we need to make this easier to communicate. And that 10 years later after he created this, that they were able to send Morse code 10 kilometers away in a matter of seconds and be like, holy shit. We just, yeah. I sent a message from here to 10 kilometers away in a in matter of seconds. Something that's never been done before. Right, too. right. In, up up until that time, right. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> as we know, crazy Egyptians doing crazy shit. And so I think, I think that that's really what it is. And I think if we are going to survive on this earth, I think it is human invention that's going to really put us over that top. And I, for me is when I heard that story of the, I, even I, I butchered it so bad. I'm sorry. No, I was good. Uh, yeah, for Brian me, Callen, that's what, right? right. Brian B. Callen. Yeah. yeah. The kid. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's, it's a problem and it's, and it's a solution at the same time. So yeah. definitely that. Yeah. But I think it was a great first podcast. I think this was, if you know what, if you guys are listening to this, time. We're not going to apologize, but it, might, it may have been a bit rough. This was our first podcast we have Yeah, give ever us done. a break. <laughs> but again, be critical of what we say. Question us. Question yourself. Question everyone around you. If this podcast is going to help you at all, that's awesome. Because it teaches you one thing. Question authority. What else you got to say? What last message you got to tell them? Tell the great people of the universe. Uh, you're all loved. Each that's and every one of you. you. We love you. Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you find it enjoyable at all, entertaining, whatever it is, whatever you may be doing. Thank you so much. Uh, please subscribe to us on iTunes, rate and review so other people can listen to our beautiful 18-year-old voices. <laughs> and keep supporting the podcast. We're on Twitter, at The Social Sentience. If you guys want to hit us up, 
maybe even call in if you have an awesome travel story or whatever. Maybe we're always looking for new people to talk to and have fun. Thank you guys so much. We're out. Yeah, and this last song is Smoke Alarm by Carsey Bland. Listen to it. It's a great fucking song. I'm sure you're going to like it. Bye on iTunes. Peace. Say what you want to say. You're going to die one day. For example, I could kiss you just because I want to. What's the difference if you turn away? I'm going to die one day. Smoke alarms will dance into the ground.